Dave Latour is the founder of Latour Communications. He worked as a journalist and then as press secretary for former Governor Mark Schweiker. I asked Dave to join me to talk about his recent trials and tribulations of his efforts to buy a bottle of liquor in Pennsylvania. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, President and CEO of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs, and we're continuing our podcast series on the impact of COVID-19 on Pennsylvania and Pennsylvanians, uh, their jobs and uh, just their way of life and livelihoods. Um, I want to take a little different angle to our conversation today, and Dave Latour is going to be joining me. He's of Latour Communications, and uh, we're going to talk about his experience in dealing with the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, but just a little background for everyone uh, to put this into context. Uh, you might remember that uh, Governor Wolf decided to close all of the state-run liquor stores uh, back in mid-March. Uh, I believe it was March 17 that it was uh, going to close at 9 p.m. in the evening. And uh, of course, Pennsylvanians uh, worried that they won't be able to get their alcohol, uh, flooded all of the liquor stores, and uh, they generated over $20 million uh, in one-day sales, I think the highest ever. Um, but as those uh, liquor stores were closed, um, they pointed people to uh, finewineandgoodspirits.com. That is the PLCB uh, website to go get your alcohol. Uh, but a lot of uh, Pennsylvanians said, well, I'm not going to bother with that. Uh, so many of them started running across the border. And uh, that first full week of, of liquor store closures, um, you saw a 60% increase in Ohio in liquor sales, 32% in West Virginia, 28% in Maryland, I don't have numbers for Delaware, but I suspect total wines, they're right across the border and, and Claymont experienced similar increases. Uh, there were so many Pennsylvanians crossing the borders to get alcohol that some of these states actually closed their liquor stores to anybody who didn't have a uh, residential uh, uh, license to show that they weren't from Pennsylvania. Well, in all of this, uh, for a month of closures, uh, the LCB tried to open up its website. Uh, that was a complete debacle where uh, more than 99%, yeah, more than 99% of people trying to get access on its website uh, couldn't get through. Uh, liquor control employees all unionized, UFCW clerks uh, getting paid for a month for four weeks, uh, collecting uh, pay for work they didn't have to do. Um, all of this has led to incredible frustration. The Liquor Control Board tried to implement curbside service. That's been a debacle. Uh, but we're going to talk about one person's story here. That's a long way, Dave, of, of introducing you and giving you some, some context to your, your travails and, and tribulations. <laughs> so much so that the, uh, the Patriot News or Penn Live uh, did a story on uh, your efforts to try to get some alcohol. Uh, Dave, welcome to Brews and Views with that long, long introduction there. Thanks, Matt. And just for the record, I'm sitting here with Estelle Artois. 
uh, an honor. Right. Yeah, you didn't have to get you didn't have to get through the state liquor stores. That's exactly right. You <laughs> your, your distributors, for some reason, can open, and that's scientifically safe. But not our state stores. Go figure. <laughs> you know, you know, for me, um, I, I started feeling in a lot of ways. I think, like a lot of people in Pennsylvania during this pandemic, you feel when you're home, you kind of feel a little bit helpless. And uh, mm -hmm. you, you don't, you're not sure what to do. You're frustrated. You're trying to keep the peace with family at home and, and all the challenges that go with that. And I just, I, you know, I have to be honest with you. I just started picking up chatter online from people that were upset with the PLCB. And I have to admit, I was one of those people that stood in one of those long Soviet era style lines the day before <laughs> the state store closed, you know, trying to trying not to drop multiple bottles in my hands because I didn't think I needed a carpet. Then I kept adding more bottles. So, <laughs> so this I, is the just in case this uh, snow wind lasts longer than expected. Huh? It's, it's exactly right. And, you know, so I started looking at everything that PLCB was doing, which at that time was nothing. They were just simply closed. So the story started popping up, as you noted, about out-of-state liquor sales. Now, uh, when you think about it, Governor Wolf's decision turned countless Pennsylvanians into smugglers. And that's yeah, really bootleggers, right? Yeah, right. And bootleggers. <laughs> we were crossing state lines, technically breaking the law and doing it at such a high volume that other states wouldn't let us into their stores. I, the stories that I read in press accounts continually provided quotes from owners of those out-of-state shops saying that Pennsylvanians weren't exactly concerned with uh, practice and social distancing. And who could blame them? So you, you start reading these stories of people crossing state lines, and it's really remarkable to see what a bad policy decision that was by Governor Wolf. Not only do we have the worst liquor system in America, but now during a pandemic, we have just made alcohol completely unavailable. So what are we doing? Now we're flooding across borders, basically turning into bootleggers uh, to, uh, to get the uh, liquor we need. Now, um, for some of us who didn't travel and had a, a large enough stash, that stash starts to dwindle down the longer this pandemic continued and the longer Governor Wolf resisted opening those facilities. Well, in particular, when you're a morning drinker like you, <laughs> I mean, you go through that very quickly, right? I mean, yes, yeah, we didn't say at the beginning, you know, you're having a beer at 7 a.m. Uh, now, you just to my wife, uh, did, did you prep for this show? <laughs> it, it was, it was, um, it was something where I just started to take my Twitter feed, uh, which is followed by a lot of people in Harrisburg on, and on Capitol Hill, and start to tell the story one by one, piecing other people's tweets together, my thoughts about what a bad idea this was. And then, quite frankly, uh, The Hill reached out to me. I have an old friend, uh, an editor at The Hill down in D.C., it said, would you like to write an historical perspective on Pennsylvania's liquor system? And of course, my answer was, would I? What else do I have to do right now? 
And it was one of the more enjoyable writing experiences I've had in a while. If anybody knows when you're writing an op-ed piece for a newspaper, sometimes getting to 650 words or more is a tremendous slog. Well, I don't think I've ever written an op-ed as fast as that. And quite frankly, I, I, you know, I've read previous pieces that you've done, Matt, and uh, was not aware of the whole background on Governor Gifford Pinchot's history uh, in creating our PLCB here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, on the heels of prohibition. Yeah, right. right. And, and, you know, if you ask most people in Pennsylvania who Gof- Governor Gifford Pinchot was, they would tell you, I recognize that name because there's a park named after him. You know, you do a little <laughs> research on him and you figure you realize that he was a major ally with President Teddy Roosevelt uh, was played a key role in uh, conserving uh, countless acres of U.S. forest for a National Park Service, leading to the naming of the uh, state park after him. But he was also a teetotaler. And uh, so I told that story on the Hill. And here we are 87 years later since a teetotaler created a liquor system where he said he wanted to make it as hard as possible to find liquor and as expensive as possible. And it, and that's not that's not an exaggeration of what he stated the purpose of the liquor control board would be. Right. Uh, he wanted it exactly that. Difficult to access and more expensive. Uh, and he's it's like one of those government programs from, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago that actually achieved its purpose. I would even take 87, 87 years later, if Governor Pinchot were alive, he would be so proud that his vision is still being realized at the expense of Pennsylvania's freedoms. And so I wrote this uh, column on the Hill, and you never know what kind of reception these things are going to have, Matt. Uh, It was the most read piece in the first 24 hours on the Hill's website. It finished in the top five for the week. It was shared uh, nearly 12,000 times all across the country. And uh, that was about, I don't know, three or four weeks ago or so at this point. And Mm -hmm. I'm still getting emails from people all across the country saying, we can't believe this is happening in Pennsylvania. This makes no sense to us. What do you mean you can't get a bottle of whiskey? What are you talking about? They have no, I mean, this does happen in other states uh, in a more limited way. Uh, but but really way more limited, yeah. way more limited. But really what Pennsylvania is doing is unprecedented in its scope. Well, isn't it uh, true that I mean, no other state uh, really had this kind of debacle uh, in regards to the sale of alcohol just because uh, most of it's privately distributed and sold uh, around right. the country. That, that, that's right. That's true. And I looked it up and, uh, you know, I was. Uh, trying to find any information I could because I've after I put out that article, I had lots of people in Pennsylvania contacting me too with their stories and wanting to share their stories. And is this happening in other states? And let, look, again, during this pandemic, I, I own a PR business and we've been very fortunate. Uh, we've continued to work, but you got a lot of extra time on your hands when you're home. <laughs> so I, I looked into I looked into it a lot, and nobody is dealing with the fallout we're dealing with. I mean, our governor completely shut down the liquor system in Pennsylvania, and really, all people are looking for at the end of a very long pandemic lockdown day with kids. You know, don't forget, I own a business, my wife owns a business, and we're homeschooling our our eight year old during the day. 
you're looking to drink as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, somebody jumped that, uh, that uh, you know, our future is going to be led by people who were homeschooled and taught by day drinkers. Uh, day we're, drinkers, yeah, we're, we're right? Gonna, we're going to be in a world of hurt. Now, so, Dave, one of the things that's, uh, I think, you know, not only are consumers, you know, uh, turned into bootleggers and smugglers, uh, but the state has depended on revenues uh, from liquor taxes uh, to fill budget holes. So this is just another hole. I think that the last number I saw was about $47 million in lost uh, revenue uh, from the Liquor Control Board, money that would otherwise uh, either go to the state coffers um, or at least paying for the employees that weren't working. I mean, this is a double whammy of you know hurting consumers, uh, but and also hurting the taxpayers. You know, somebody told me a long time ago, and I've never forgotten the line. This person said to me, Dave, most people are stupid. And I don't know that I necessarily <laughs> agree with that, but I certainly agree with that when it comes to the PLCD and the people behind the PLCD. We are facing a $4 billion budget hole in Pennsylvania. And we just lost, according to those most recent estimates, close to $50 million in revenue. Now that's a drop in the bucket compared to 4 billion, but 50 million is 50 million, pal. And I'll take we, that just drop. By closing, <laughs> right, right, me too, man. I'll never have to work again, but it just strikes to the core of what's wrong with this system in Pennsylvania and having a governor that I personally believe completely overreact with his list of, and I don't want to get off on that tangent, but essential, his, his strategy, yeah. yeah, strategy wasn't clear. I, I don't know how you cut off a revenue stream like that, but then they doubled down. That's, this is the interesting thing about PLCB is they keep doubling down on their failures. So they have it closed down. Well, then there's good news, right, Matt? The good news is now they're going to sell liquor online. Hooray, yeah, right. problems are over, everything's solved. Only there's one problem. <laughs> they don't have a website capable, a portal capable of handling requests from Pennsylvanians. They were trying to sell a couple thousand bottles a day. In their first week, it was so bad in their first week the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board could not serve 99.7% of the customers who went online to buy alcohol. <laughs> Think about that business model. Hey, everybody, now you can buy liquor online. And the governor's trumpeting this. And by the way, so are House and Senate Democrats yeah. who will do anything to protect the PLCB against all logic and reason. They are bragging about a system that failed 99.7% <laughs> of all Pennsylvanians. So I started thinking, I, I started going on and just trying it all, all hours of the day to try and uh, buy alcohol. And you'd always get this rejection message. So I always took a screen capture of that rejection message and put it online, put it on Twitter. And I would always hashtag it still going, hashtag PLCB. And it picked up quite a following. People would start tweeting their rejection notices. <laughs> and so on and so forth. It, it got to be so comical that, and we could not find anybody, Matt, who got in. And, and there were all kinds of theories about when to call. Call right after midnight. That's when the website uh, resets its count for 
you know, they would have a quota of bottles they could only sell every mm-hmm. day. So start at 12 and 1 a.m. I tried one night. I stayed up. I, I logged in at 12.03 a.m., could not get in. Then I was told by a high-ranking source in Harrisburg on the Democratic side that I should try at 8 a.m. I tried at 8 a.m., Matt. I couldn't get in. And then somebody told me, try at the bottom of, the, uh, at the bottom of every hour. Couldn't get in. I mean, we, were, we had become collectively this community of people trying to get liquor we had become massive failures because of our government. <laughs> you, you probably should have been playing the lottery because you probably would have hit it with all of those attempts there uh, far quicker than actually getting alcohol online. Right. And you know what? We fin- I finally did hit the lottery. And what was funny about it, and this story just gets dumber and dumber. Um, what was funny about hitting the lottery is it was a Saturday night and I'm like, and I hadn't tried it for a couple of days because I had basically given up. I had tried thir- at least 35 times that <laughs> to purchase online. Uh, and, and so I get this notice and I'm like, oh, great. It, it filled me again. And I was just about to ignore it and close it out. And then I thought I saw a window on there that said, click here. And then I blew it up in my phone and I realized, oh, my God, I got in. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing that's crazy about the PLCB online portal. By the way, they won't tell you any specifics about the portal. They tell you it's for security reasons. I happen to think it's based on a Commodore 64 <laughs> system from 1983, but I have no proof of that. So anyway, I get on, I get on, and all of a sudden you're on and you're and and you're excited, but you're also Filled with anxiety because yeah. along the way, I learned from uh, fellow uh, tweeters that people have been on the site and have gone to finish their purchase only to then receive a notice saying, we've reached our <laughs> quota for the day. Sorry, you have to try tomorrow. So, and, and the so fear of your I'm, Wi-Fi going out or disconnect out. Like right. This, yeah, the anxiety had to be high. So, Matt, at no point did I ever think I was going to complete a purchase. At no point. I run downstairs. I must fall down the steps in my house to tell my wife I got in. She can't believe it. I mean, she's stunned. I've said a lot of things to stun my wife during our our 12-year marriage. I, I've never seen her that stunned. And so we finally get in, and we don't know what the hell to order because we never because we started panicking. So she happened to be on a Zoom call with a friend who was completely out of alcohol. So we ended up buying three bottles of vodka, including one for her friend, a bottle of tequila for the friend, and I got a bottle of bourbon. You're not, you're not price bourbon. gouging in your resale of those, are you? Because the attorney general. I'm sad. To, I, yeah, I'm sad. I saw that. I'm sad to report that I did not upcharge it at all. I think I. I think I would fail miserably. Yeah. Yeah. So we get, so we ended up buying for, and did it, uh, it arrived. I mean, you, you, so you completed the purchase. Well, hold on. Okay. Hold on. It gets gets better. (laughs) The site, the site is incredibly slow and it is not user friendly. There are third party sites. Like one of them, a site that I would recommend to anybody is thinkliquor.com. 
It's a very workable website. Again, private sector, very workable website, great search engine, easy to find things, and you get your liquor in about a week. There's my tip for everybody. (laughs) This thing was like trying to, I I mean, it was like trying to move a boulder up a mountain. (laughs) It It was that slow. So the whole time I'm scared that they're going to time out on us. Finally, we get, we get our order in, we click, we get the confirmed. I'm in shock. (laughs) I'm in shock. I I still can't believe we got through that. And so we order it. Uh, UPS says it'll be there in three days. It ended up getting here in five days. Um, at this point, I'm not quibbling. I was just laughing about it. I, and multiple people on Twitter and friends of mine said it doesn't count until it shows up at your door. <laughs> and it showed it showed up at our door on a Monday. And, I'll, and, and here's a little funny postscript to that. Uh, open the box up. And with the Casamigos vodka comes two complimentary Casamigos shot glasses. They were shattered. <laughs> Because the PLCB takes two glass shot glasses, puts them together, and just throws them in the box. No wrapping, no bubble wrapping, no nothing. They're, they they use the little styrofoam peanuts, by the way, that I think are hazardous for your health. Some of the some of the areas, some of the liquor bottles had like three peanuts. Another one, they were completely covered up. The shot glasses were broken. And I'm just thinking, you know, this is a perfect ending to the story. <laughs> uh, there, you didn't have any uh, pictures on Twitter of, of that disaster, though, did you? I did post the bottles, but I did not post the broken shot glasses, only because I nearly cut my hand opening, <laughs> open, pulling out the Casamigos, not knowing the shot glasses were there. I thought the bottle of Casamigos oh, was broken. Wouldn't that have been the... <laughs> And, and Matt, that doesn't even get us to curbside. Yes. No, no. I mean, so, so you've got this happening on one side and I don't think that that has been fixed, right? I mean, it's still very limited access on the website, correct? As we talk today. Yeah, they are expanding slowly. So I think slowly it's getting better, but we're almost at the end of this lockdown, I think. And you're talking about right now, seven weeks of massive failure, seven weeks of massive failure. You know, I would maintain that the Commonwealth of of Pennsylvania has a lot of questions to answer for um, uh, the unemployment compensation system Mm -hmm. and how it has failed uh, 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 countless Pennsylvanians. I don't have the number, so I'm not going to throw one out there. Uh, it has failed. Our Department of Education has failed us in uh, transitioning kids to online learning, unlike most states, and the PLCB. Those three, for me, are the biggest failure points in state government providing services to its people. Okay? So, you know, by the way, every time they try and do something, as I indicated earlier, the governor and Democrats talk about the great news for the PLCB. So then the next development was now they were going to finally provide curbside service, which people have been asking for, for the beginning. Yeah. Think about this, Matt, you're losing money, the PLCB right now, restaurants all across Pennsylvania, you can order takeout 
show up there, pick up your food and go, or they will deliver it to you, or you can uh, have somebody, a third party, pick it up for you, right? Well, not our liquor stores. They were not going to provide curbside service. So the website problems got so bad. And, and Governor Wolf never really acknowledged it because I think he's completely out of touch with this, that they finally admitted failure and came out with curbside service. So I remember looking at that and immediately thinking, this is good news, then immediately remembering this is the PLCB. This can only be a disaster waiting to happen. And, and, and we were right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a limited number of stores would only be open from nine to one every day to do curbside service. And so you think you could show up, order something, they go into the they go into the store mat and get you your alcohol, ring you up and go. No, you've got to call in. So I read this story from a columnist. Do we have time for this? Yes, you bet. I I read this story from a columnist from Philly Mag. Philly Mag, it doesn't get any more liberal, right. as you know, yep. than Philly Mag. They will support uh Democrats and liberal thinking uh, as good as anybody I know. This guy ripped curbside service to shreds. He called 159 times and before he could get through, before he didn't get a busy signal. By the way, I called 10 times just to see if I could do it. I called two different stores five times, got a busy signal every time. I just quit. I had enough alcohol. I'm fine. <laughs> Plus, I got Think Liquor on the bat on on uh, on on call whenever I need them. So this guy calls 159 times, finally gets through, and all he orders because he's testing it literally is a cheap bottle of like yellowtail wine and a cheap bottle of whiskey I've never heard of. When I say cheap whiskey, I mean it's an insult to cheap whiskey. <laughs> uh, he said, "So here's what I want. Can I can I pay you now and stop?" They go, "No." We're going to call you back once we confirm we have your order. And he goes, you don't have a computer there to check to see what your inventory is? They go, no. So they call the writer back. No, we don't have that whiskey. And he goes, okay, could I have such and such whiskey? And they literally say to him, we'll call you back. (laughs) Right? We have to laugh at because it is not you can't make you can't this make up. This up. Uh, so yeah. oh, this isn't even done. We're not done, Matt. So I, I sound so excited when I tell this because these stories are so <laughs> unbelievable. They call him back a third time. Yes, we have that bottle of whiskey. Yes, we'll take your payment. And he goes, "Great. I guess I can come down shortly." No, we will call you when your order is ready for pickup. <laughs> So an hour later, they call him. Now you can come to the store. So they've now called. And here's your, your seven-minute window right. in which you need to queue up right. outside, right? right? So, uh. so he's on his way down, and he gets another call while he's driving to the store. They charged him for the wrong order. <laughs> so now he said, well, what does that mean? And they said, we don't know. Let us talk to our manager. And so they talked to the manager, come back. Bottom line is they refund that transaction. They get approval for his transaction. He finally shows up at the liquor store. Somebody comes out a side door that looks really sketchy. 
said, ask him who he is, ask him for his online confirmation number from the credit card purchase, goes back in, slams the door in his face, comes back out with a box and says, here you go. And that is how somebody got curbside service in Philly. And a guy actually ended his Philly mag story with, no thanks, PL, PLCD. I'll go to New Jersey or Delaware next time. <laughs> well, so into all of this, Dave, um, I mean, if a case uh, uh, could be made that the state ought to get rid of the government-run booze business. I mean, we've had this debate for years and years, and we've gotten close uh, and then, you know, Governor Wolf vetoed full liquor privatization in 2015. Uh, right. He then acquiesced and allowed for beer and wine to be in grocery stores uh, and some of our convenience stores. Um, do you think that this could be uh, the last straw for or the last call, if we will, for a government run booze in Pennsylvania that this will be enough? Uh, for the General Assembly and Governor Wolf to say, okay, we lost money. We utterly uh, failed Pennsylvanians uh, during this crisis. Let's just get rid of it. And we can have one, a whole lot of upfront cash for all the, the licenses we'll sell. And we'll likely uh, be able to recapture a lot of that revenue that's been running across our borders. Uh, even before this crisis, people were still going to Delaware and New Jersey and West Virginia, Ohio, right. because the prices are lower uh, despite having a monopoly. That's one of the big lies. Pennsylvania's purchasing power saves you money when you buy bottles, and it's simply not true. It's simply not true. You can look at you can look up any price examples in other states and see how liquor's cheaper in those states, wine in those states than here in Pennsylvania. You know, you raise an important question: Have we finally reached the breaking point? Because multiple people have asked me that question, like, this has got to be it now, right? This, this truly is the tipping point. But we've seen time and time again that Pennsylvania politicians do not care for a national embarrassment. That's not been a problem for them. I, you know, I maintain uh, when before Wolf vetoed the privatization bill, if mm -hmm. he would have signed that, Matt, oh, he yeah. would have been a legend. He would have been an absolute legend. You always talk about... You know, what's the legacy of a governor? And typically it is governors do are not remembered for any policy legacies. Like Bob Casey was remembered for a heart lung transplant. Tom Ridge was remembered for 9-11. Mark Schweiker, Q Creek. You could argue that for this governor, it would have been policy related. He would have been remembered as fondly as somebody who liberated. That's right. Pennsylvania's, you know alcohol system and people would have loved him for that and the democrat were, did what the republicans never could despite republicans constantly trying to uh, privatize it was democrat tom wolf who finally got the ball across the goal line what a narrative <laughs> isn't it really and i tell you if i were house and senate republicans knowing how angry my constituents were over this whole liquor issue and this abject failure of the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board, I would put a bill in front of them. I would put a bill in front of them this week calling for the privatization that would privatize our system and dare him to veto it. Dare him to veto this right now. Uh, at a time when the criticism has never been louder, when you, especially when you've got publications like Philly Mag saying how bad this is, 
The time is now to put a bill on his desk, privatizing the liquor system, and dare him to veto. Well, and that would take an awful lot of courage. Yeah, for from your lips to uh, the ears of all of our legislative leaders, including uh, Governor Wolf, we we hope that that might happen. Uh, particularly as we're looking at a multi-billion-dollar deficit, uh, this would be a way to uh, a- actually help deal with that going forward, but also uh, take care of what Pennsylvanians have been frustrated with. And I think that this right. really uh, showed you. Uh, why government run pretty much anything is probably not the direction we ought to be going. You know, if we can't do it in liquor, really, we want to trust them to do it in healthcare or uh, <laughs> you name it. So uh, let's let's think about this here, folks. So, uh, Dave, uh, it's it's been fun to go with you on your your journey here, uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get back to some normalcy and actually. Uh, maybe even join the other 48 states, I believe, that don't have right. uh, such a um, government-run monopoly of wine and spirits, uh, and that uh, we won't have to talk about this ever again. Wouldn't that be nice? Amen, brother. Well, th- Amen hey, thank you for coming on, joining me on Brews and Views. I-, I hope you got to enjoy your brew for a little bit, uh, but we'll have one when uh, we're allowed to uh, get together again legally by... Uh, our uh, good governor. Matt, thanks for giving me an excuse to have a beer uh, at lunchtime on a Thursday. Uh, I'd be happy to do it again anytime. Hey, thank you, Dave. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.